Hello and welcome to the Creative People Podcast. I'm your host, Naomi Parfit, and I'll be having honest conversations with people from the creative industry to gain insight into their profession. My guest for today's episode is Peter Lamb, an award-winning composer who's written music for Where Dreams Rests, Slippage's Grace, and Rebound, whilst also writing additional music for Clone Wars, The Bad Batch, Titans, and Doom Patrol. Anyway, I wanted to say congratulations on the shift. I know it came out a while ago, but like, still wanted to congratulate you personally. It's won awards now, hasn't it? Um, yeah, not not for the music, but I think yeah, for, for yeah. the animation itself. The, the music was awesome. The music was really cool. It, it's a it's a labor of love. I mean, I think Johan and I also like almost worked with, like on it over like maybe a year or so. Wow. Yeah, that's well, it's, it's cool music. Like animation takes time, so mm. we just like to scene rather than scoring it like throughout after like the full animation was done. So that way it worked because we we were able to like really like dig deep into uh, the uh, the nuisance of uh, each scene and try to like get the best out of like each little moment, which adds mm. up. Yeah. So with your usual work. What, what, when do you do the composing? Like after? It depends. I mean, usually composers are brought into a project at various various stages in the production. So, some t- like on some 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 things, I could be brought on after the film. It's already like, almost like completely done. So you just like score from start to finish, or like just like filling in whatever is needed. And um, in the case for the shift, like um. Yeah, I was brought on pretty earlier. Like, I think it was only like maybe the first few drafts of animatics were available. So you only see like cubes and like lines and it's a black and white like sketch. So I, for animation, like particularly, I think I usually prefer to work on at least there is some sort of like rough animation. Because mm-hmm. I personally, I felt like sometimes animatics are not, too helpful and you only see cubes and like rectangles and stuff it's like music for film it's all about the emotion the expression and the underlying subtext of what is needed so I I kind of want to see those little uh, details on screen so I can react to it when I write music Um, but that said I mean also like on some a few live action projects I've like pre-scored like some scenes so I would just read the script and roughly write some music like to what I envision sometimes that might be right or sometimes that maybe not entirely what the filmmaker wants but at least uh, it's a good way to figure out a ballpark of what kind of music is needed before I really go into yeah that's cool how did you even get into like composing for films and tv series oh that's that's a that's a interesting question because I, I mean i i always love film and like and um and also like music i mean i i grew up as a violinist i mean a horrible violinist so now i'm tired already but um i i always liked like both so i mean i think very early on i saw like there were used to be some sort of those like behind the scenes like clips on youtube or something so you can get to look at like how composers work like behind the scenes. I was I'm a, like a photo geek on those, and I kind of imagine I want to do something like that. Although I not I wasn't quite sure. Um, I'm, I'm from Hong Kong, but um, I did my A levels and undergrad in 
in, in England. And um, it's um, but it, it's not really particularly about like film music. It's just like music in general. Like let like I did uh, Beethoven and Beethoven on your background. Oh and, yeah, um, <laughs> it's on the piano. <laughs> but um, I mean, I love like doing music music as well. But to me, I mean, the synergy between like film or drama. So I think during it, it was probably during the final year of my university that I decided that I really want to try this. I, I came from a pretty non-musical and non-film family, so I literally knew nobody that worked in the field. So, yeah, like education, kind of my stepping stone into like the industry in a way, so, and especially like the path that I've taken. Because um, so after my undergrad in in the UK, I moved here. To LA, uh, so that's that was a very intensive program. So I think in there I really like learned like all, all the, my trade, like the technology, and also uh, USC has a really great film school. So you get to interact with filmmakers and learn to speak their language. Because one of the main challenges of being a film composer, as opposed to like a composer, is you're a storyteller as well. I mean, it it doesn't matter how yeah. great. Music, it is. I mean, if it doesn't fit the project or the film, it doesn't matter. It doesn't work. I mean, it, it doesn't matter who you are. So, it's making that transition to from just writing music only to write to writing tra- music that fits a drama or story. Yeah. Mm, that's that's really interesting. I discovered your work through through the Kinder Brothers. So, do you work with them quite a lot? Um, yeah. So, um, a little. A, so, right after. Graduation. I mean, usually, I mean, the um, the normal traditional normal path. But I mean, like the common paths of being like a like a established film composer is to either do like independent projects, and hopefully the filmmakers will bring you to bigger things as they grow. And uh, another path is to be a, kind of an assistant or apprentice to a, mm. to a composer, also a more established composer. So I mean I'm kind of lucky that I'm kind of doing like both paths. So <laughs> yeah, so a lot of independent projects like the shift with Johan and all my other filmmakers that are hopefully like developing other things. And the other side of my career, um, I'm also an assistant to uh, Kevin Kiner, who's the composer um, for um, like Clone Wars, The Bad Batch, a lot of different stuff. <laughs> That's uh yeah that's um and then his son Sean and Dean also works for him so we kind of work work uh, work as a team I'm kind of like the 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 fourth kind of like the fifth Beatles <laughs> been with Kevin for like four years now so yeah so it's um, kind of part of the squad in a way and it's, that's so cool it's a really because we work on so many different projects we kind of get to be a fly on the wall like um just to observe and learn and. Yeah, do little small creative tasks here, here and there, and um, it 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 really helps. I mean, it feeds back to my personal projects as well. I mean, because I I was I was a violinist. I I came from a classical background. Before I came to the US, I, I knew nothing about electronics or synths or what whatsoever. I mean, it took took a while to get up to speed, but um, especially um at Kevin's, because we for like for the uh, DC shows that we worked on like Titans and Doom Patrol those are very electronic heavy scores so like I really get like get to got 
got up to speed like in that department and um and as you know like the shift is a very electronic heavy score so yeah i, mean, I would that like three four years ago if i didn't have the like the training at heavens yeah i was going to say because it is it is really synth based <laughs> it's very cool it c- creates good atmosphere though good suspense and also in like clone wars and bad batch as well they they're kind of leaning more electronic i've i heard in the last season of clone wars there was like a shift in like more electronic sounding music i don't know is that was that just me or? yep so the electronic direction is pretty much um envisioned by um dave filoni the showrunner like during the final season like we just wanted to like try to push the star wars like vocab- vocabulary a bit so it's it's kind of more than like the john williams orchestral thing and interestingly it's kind of like a full circle as in the sense as well because apparently kevin said that like george lucas uh during like the very first like creative meeting of clone wars he always wanted to push like the music to go like in a more interesting direction like he he was like trying to give like hip-hop or like what whatever (laughs) sons are listening at the time to to kevin i mean I mean, it, it's uh, it's kind of interesting that after all these years and exper- experiments and like so many episodes, we kind of find a, finally um, end up like in a kind of like this direction that like George could have envisioned like 10 years ago. It's but uh, it, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. It is heading into a new direction, but a good new direction. I love it so much. <laughs> You're working on the second season of Bad Batch at all. Um, I'm to say that I might not be allowed to ask that. I'm sorry. Yes, I think they have announced uh, the renewal, so it's yeah. fine to. I don't think there are lawyers from Disney banging at the door yet. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a fun journey. I mean, it's and it's a really cool show. I think the Bad Batch because um, it's. I mean, it, it's a kids show, but it. it I mean, more the than story a kids show. Don't say that. <laughs> it's, more, it's more than a kids show. I mean, it looks. I mean if someone who knew nothing about it would think it, it's a kid's show but exactly that's the point it's not a kid's show at, at all I mean it's for all and there are so many deep like like meanings to to do a lot of moments and like yeah I'm excited I don't know when it's I don't know if they announced it when it's coming up but it's animation so it will take a while <laughs> yeah yeah I think yeah they just said 2022 so don't worry right. I won't pest you more for that uh-huh. in case <laughs> I know how it is that they're very particular with um, details and stuff. I don't want anything to slip out. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just looking at time. It's kind of gone past. I, I won't take any more of it. I just want to ask one more question, if that's right. Um, what advice would you give to like future composers or people who want to go and write like film scores? Um, I would say, I mean, first of all, I mean, tech, like it's a very tech heavy um like industry now i mean it's great if you write music with pencil and paper but um there's like so much more than that in the future future now i mean just like with electronic scores and i mean put it this way not every like project needs and like orchestral classical score that's just a reality and unless you are a genius or you have a very distinctive sound right right from the get-go it's um it's nice to learn a bit of technology and obviously to sync with picture and um to 
production wise to uh, to make everything that it's like broadcast ready in a way because like these days the expectation is that like your score needs to sound really good like right right from the get-go so like you don't need to be like a computer geek but um if you if you if you're familiar with tech like music technology that 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 could be better and um another i think another important advice is that um try to listen to as diverse as you can like different genres of music not just film music film music i mean like there are lots of cool music cool film music but there's a hell lot more of different kind of music going on as well and it's it's just we're living in a postmodern world and i think it's would be really cool to draw inspirations for, from different kind of music than just like song tracks and stuff because like sometimes i mean because of like producers pressure or like time pressure some sometimes like soundtracks are inspired by other soundtracks as well so in a way you like the pool of inspiration is just kind of like a closed circle so if you can find something that you really like outside of film music and if you put it into the score it, it could become something that sounds really fresh so um i i mean i'm not saying the shifts music is the best thing ever but uh that's kind of like my concept behind the whole score so i used this uh middle eastern instrument called a kanun it's like a uh, it's like a middle eastern stringed instrument and um i i kind of knew a bit of middle eastern music as i studied it a bit during like university so i so i kind of found one and then here in la and then i mean i don't really know know how to play the instrument but but i can do some like glissandos like like effects imagine like it's a harp and i do some yeah. glissandos on it but I put it through like electronics and stuff, so it so it get mm. that's really cool glitchy um, sound, which I used it as um, like a, the main motif for the score. And so far, I think a lot of people were like really interested in that. It's mm. like what's, it what's that sound? I mean, that's original. So what I'm saying is that yeah, I mean it's it's cool that we do we have all the training and all of us use kind of like. There's only so much like sample libraries. We use all the same toolkit, the same software and stuff. But what makes your sound fresh and original is these kind of little different ideas that you can blend into um, the music. And that could be something that makes you stand out. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Creative People Podcast with your host, me, Naomi Parfit. You can check out Peter's music at his website, www.peterlammusic.com. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe. <laughs>